Hi guys, it's another episode of the Empty Stands podcast. I'm Ibuka and I'm here with the same lineup as the last episode. I have my good friends Koladi, Faye and we here again to talk about all the action in the semi-final and to look forward to the final between Argentina and France. I would give our predictions on who we think is going to win the Qatar 2022 World Cup. Before we go into it, I'll just go around see that everyone's okay. Kaladi, how you doing, brother? I'm doing fine, thank you. How are you doing? I'm okay. I know you're excited about, you know, Argentina playing in the final. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. It was expected. Light work. <laughs> okay. Uh, Faye, how are you doing? Um, I know you expected Netherlands to knock Argentina out in the quarterfinal. And, uh, you know, I have this uh, feeling that you were rooting for Croatia in the semis. But how are you feeling, though? Are you good? Or has Messi weighed you down? Yeah, well, uh, Messi is the greatest player ever. So, his genius cannot be overemphasized about. So, well, I predicted the Netherlands winning. But uh, all my predictions during the last round were just... <laughs> we're just going to the gallery so let's see a good spectacle on uh, in the finals Argentina matching France I will predict Argentina winning knowing fully well that I can jinx it <laughs> okay that's a good one v. you predict so that you just jinx but you know one person whose team is because he, he tipped France to win on the last episode we France have made it through the quarterfinals and the semi-finals. Uh, how are you feeling and are you confident? Oh, hello, Ibuka. Um, first of all, I will say, Alele Blue, Alele Blue. <laughs> so my team is, is forging ahead, and I think it's a back-to-back. Back-to-back was a hit, and I'm sure that Argentina will play their best, but they won't carry the day. Um, I think Messi will be competed with the MVP of the tournament. I think they've been doing that recently where, you know, 2014, uh, Germany won, they gave Messi MVP. 2018, uh, France won, they gave Modric MVP. So that MVP is not looking like consolation. Like, don't be angry. Just hold this one. Nah, nah, nah. Sorry, sorry. I'm kind of this, one, <laughs> this one would actually be deserved. So, because I, I, I don't understand. It would, it would be deserved. Okay, because yeah, it looks like Messi is going to win. It's um, you know he's been the best player at the World Cup. I think the closest person to him or the closest people to him are the likes of Kylian Mbappe, uh, Sofiane Amrabat from from Morocco, and a few others. Um, Mario Griezmann. Griezmann, yes, Mario Griezmann. You know, but it seems like Messi is going to be that person to to win the the Golden Ball. Uh, Koladi, let me just go straight into it. Um, could this be Messi's year? I know you, you you are confident, but are you? Let's just say your mind. Let, let's let's leave the bias of you being a Barcelona fan and a Messi fan. Do you actually have that feeling that it could be Messi's year? Looking at Argentina's journey all the way to the final. So, um, like I, I, let me just answer your question. It looks like it could be. Messi's here. But, you know, it's not as straightforward as that in the sense that 
one of the things I was hoping would not happen happened in the last in the last match, and I hope it doesn't cost Messi the World Cup. I was hoping that um, Didier Deschamps would not um, would not would not figure it out with um, Upamecano and Konate, but God sent diarrhea inside the France camp and helped him figure it out, which I do not like. You understand? But I'm hoping that when the final comes, he still goes back to his previous eleven and starts um, Upamecano ahead of Konate. I hope that happens. But for the Argentina team, I have to say, those one thing I'm sure of in that final is that all the eleven players on the football pitch will drop every every blood they have in their veins on that football pitch. Every sweat they have, they will drop it on that football pitch. Because one thing that one thing I can see throughout this tournament is that those guys are playing for Messi's legacy, and they know this is the final step. That's the advantage that Argentina has over France, which is the we have to get it either way. You understand? I think that's the advantage they have over the for French guys in terms of their mentality. But the French for the French guys, I just feel like a lot of their best players have won the World Cup before. That's not to say they don't want it. Of course, they still want it. They want to do back to back. But if I'm going into the final and thinking that which team wants it the most, I would say that the Argentinian team will most likely. But at the end of the day, wanting it so much can be a, a bit of pressure and can make you make mistakes that you're not supposed to make also. But um, I feel like this could be his year. Everything says that he has had a goal and assist in every knockout game, which shows that he himself is on a mission, right? But you know the finals, the finals is a different ball game. It's not even about how good you are, it's not about how, who is the best. It's just a case of anything can happen. And this is the dream final for any 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 neutral. Both teams are playing at probably the best team in this tournament. Let's be serious. And they are the final. So this is a well-deserved final. And I hope we have a very good game. Thanks, Koladi. Um, Faith to you. In that Argentina team, we've talked about Messi being the best player of all time, in your opinion. Has there been any other player besides Messi in that team that has impressed you? Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, I don't know what uh, what who who minuted to Scaloni, but after the first two games, he went into the drawing board and uh, he brought in players that were able to help Messi. Of course, their midfield is still not the stuff of dreams, but in Enzo Fernandez and uh, McAllister. He's found the perfect foil for Rodrigo de Paul and Messi. And in bringing in uh, Julian Alvarez, he's actually done himself a whole lot of good. I was saying in one of our groups that the only reason Messi would win this World Cup this time around is because God has saved him to get him a player like Julian Alvarez and not a player like uh, Higuain because if uh, it was left to Latoro Martinez <laughs> Argentina would not score any goals and in as much as Messi is carrying the team there are some days when the superwoman himself can break down or might not be able to muster anything so but he's been able I mean now the coach has been able 
to find a perfect blend. So to answer your question directly, Julian Alvarez has impressed. Enzo Fernandez, each game he keeps impressing. McAllister, though playing for lowly Brighton, has proved to be one of Argentina's best midfielders in the way he keeps it tidy, progressing the play and all that. So they have two or three players that are in Otamendi, they have one of the best defensive stalwarts. Many people question the reason why he's not playing uh, Lisandro Martinez and uh, playing an Otamendi, but I, I would understand. The reason might be because in a perfect defensive setup, you need someone to be the aggressor while you need someone to be calm headed. In Otamendi, you have an aggressor. In Lisandro Martinez, you have an aggressor. Sometimes it can be counterproductive. So Romero, though it can be, it, sometimes it can it can be touchy and he gets that yellow card but then he's still very 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 neat and tidy unlike uh, martinez who can uh, decide to rough you up that's his game he's an aggressor he can also be tidy but then he loves the kind of games that he wants to tell you as a striker that he's not here to play and uh, sometimes it can be counterproductive when you have two aggressors on the field of play Thank you. Um, Ebuka, just to add to that, um, sorry, just to add to that question, going into the World Cup, the most, the second most important player for Argentina, in my, in, from my own point of view, was um, Giovanni Lo Celso. He got injured before the World Cup, and that was the biggest reason why I had a bit of doubt about the Argentinian team. Um, this is just me giving props to what um, Alexis McAllister has done in this World Cup. He has although he has not fully replaced Los Elso because I still feel Bessie has too much um, creative burden on him, right? But what he has been able to fill in, he has been able to fill in for um, Los Elso to such an extent that the team has been able to perform to this level, to big up to him. I believe it was the biggest discovery that was made because Los Elso was, was missing Los Elso was starting to look like it was going to hold them through this World Cup. Yeah, and we saw it in the first game against uh, Saudi Arabia when uh, the Adnair figured out starting uh, McAllister. And from then on, uh, he found a way to uh, give McAllister the Los Elso role. The team has actually built on, uh, they built themselves as the game, as the um, cup progressed. Thanks, Koladi. Thanks, Faye, for that. Um, shout out to Brighton and their recruitment team for discovering Alexis McAllister. Or should I say the Chelsea recruitment team because we've more or less hired the entire department. Um, we let's talk about the African dream. And the Morocco have been going on this fairy tale journey, you know, beating colonizers left, right, and center. And then they got to France, and I think it was just a colonizer too many, and they couldn't um, get past France. But how impressed were you? by um morocco not just in that game because they actually had a very good game but throughout the tournament yes um i think morocco had a very good tournament in the sense that uh, first of all uh, nobody expected them to, do, to make this kind of performance because in, even in the afcon they didn't get that far they were knocked out by egypt to get the qualifying out or so so it's the came as a shock that Let's say Morocco is getting to the semi-finals of the World Cup. And uh, as I said earlier, um, basically the secret behind the Moroccan team is one. Their, their willingness and determination to 
work as a complete unit and also the ability to um, manage um, manage their team when they're not with the ball. For me, the four teams in the semi-finals are the best teams that are able to manage, maintain their shape without the ball. However, the difference is that Morocco is more of a defensive team. They, they, they plan more of defensive formation. That's why when they went down against um, France, it was a new um, terrain for them and they couldn't re- respond. Um, it was late for them to understand that they didn't have a, a, an attacking pattern that they were able to um, come and get to the French team. So it was difficult for them to get beyond the French team. The French team, first of all, were very comfortable behind the ball. They knew what they wanted. They did not underrate the Moroccans, which was very, very important. Even when they scored one through, they tried to maintain the pace of the game. And also, um, some of the players who we expected that would be the actually heel in the French team, actually, they stepped up. People like Chumeni, uh, Rabio. Rabio didn't play. They was replaced um, in the team by Fofana. Fofana also gave a good part of himself. Also, we had Ibrahima Konati coming in for Pamecano. And he was also he had a very good showing. Uh, so I think um, basically um, it was a step too far for Moroccans to beat the French team. The French team understood what they wanted to do. They had seen the mistakes of Spain and Portugal. Spain and Portugal are more of a possessive side and they are more uncomfortable when they're not with the ball. So which is different from the French national team. So I think um, let's not the French national team. French national team, they know what they want to do and they set out to go and do it and they achieve it. I won't be surprised if they go out to win the World Cup. In this Moroccan side, there are lots of players that we will not forget. The likes of um, Bono, the likes of um, Roman Saiz before you know injury kind of affected his uh, game against France and he had to come up come up in the first half. Um, the likes of Onahi, Amala. Amrabat, Zia, just so many names that we could we could mention. Um, which of these players do you think has performed enough to get a big money move, or maybe not big money, but a move to a big club, either in January or in the summer? Yeah, just to answer the question. Um... I think basically the two major people that are going to be getting a big move are going to be Unai and Amrabat. Um, Amrabat, most, because there are a lot of there are a lot of teams that need a, a midfielder right now, so I think Amrabat might just be the guy that gets uh, the move, um, the biggest move of all. But you see, the person that have surprised me the most, me personally the most, has been uh, Unai. I I saw glimpses of him against Spain, but Spain had so much of the ball that we didn't see enough. I saw more against Portugal, but what I saw against France was the peak for me. He showed so much courage in terms of what he was giving on, uh, what he was giving, making line-breaking passes. Line-breaking passes have been something that players have been so scared to do in this World Cup for some reason. Apart from Messi, Griezmann, and um, probably Unai, like I've, I've really seen players that have actually tried to make line-breaking passes. And that's, that, that says a lot. He was able to play like a 10 while also playing as an 8 in that game. And I'm very, very impressed by him. I won't mind if my club actually gets him. It is no more than 15 million or 20 million. But uh, yeah, Unai is the, is, is the biggest revelation because we didn't know about him at all. At least I'm Robert, we still knew about him. Unai was someone that we didn't know about at all. So his life is going from zero to 
hundred in the space of one month. But that's one of the um, what couple what couple make dreams come true. So I guess it's own is his own dream that will be coming true this year. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Um Kaladi. You're right. I did not know Just about Unai. Kaladi. Yeah, go ahead, Faye. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh per what I'm hearing from uh, the ITKs in Italy, Unai is already on the romance radar. Jose Mourinho likes him and is willing to pick him up as early as January. So I think uh, he's going to get the big move, like Holiday said. That would be interesting for Unai if he does that. Um, you do want to add to that, apart from Unai and Amrabat, is there any other player in that Moroccan team that you think will get the big move? Um, even a player like El Nesri might, might get a shot in the English Premier League. He's not a bad player. He has been consistent. So I think El Nesri should move to a bigger club I mean England, even if he's um, top 10 clubs in England. Um, I think, and also Bono. Let's not forget Bono. Yeah, Bono is in Sevilla, but you can't tell. He might end up tomorrow in Real Madrid or, or Chelsea. Hey, don't you think we need a goalkeeper? No, I think what Chelsea should be trying to get is um, Unai. You are, you are the one that needs Unai. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we do need him. I think there are a couple of players we need. How many goalkeepers does Chelsea want to have? Chelsea has... Um, yes, no, that's we don't have good. any goalkeepers. Um, somebody mentioned Akim Ziyech. Well, I, I feel so pained about that name because um, before the World Cup, um, AC Milan wanted to buy him and we're close to get uh, transferring him. But... I don't know how his market value will be now. So it's a different bookie mentality. Don't drop it like Leo and take a team. <laughs> well, that would be a very that would be a difficult bargain. Rafael is a team and Pulisic two, two in one. Just give us Rafael. Oh, I don't think uh, Rafael will leave in 2024. I don't think we'll leave next next. He's leaving. He's leaving in June. Forget about that one. <laughs> oh, let's see how it goes. I'm not sure that will happen. Okay, guys, don't let me have a, you know, bring our Chelsea bias into this. Um, we, what can we expect in the third place match between Morocco and Croatia? Yes, um, I think um, people underrate Croatia a lot. It's, it's not easy. You, you went to the, got to the final of the last World Cup and you're, you're in the semi-final. So people just think that Croatia is just one lucky team that rides on luck all the way to the semi-final. And people are already saying, ah, Morocco will tear them apart. Morocco deserve the bronze. No. If you look at the Argentina game closely, um, Argentina were struggling until they got that first goal. That first goal opened things up and changed the dynamics of that match. The Croatia is a very, very good team. And I remember they, they eliminated Brazil. It's not easy to eliminate Brazil from a World Cup. Brazil are like the landlords of the World Cup. So for you to eliminate Brazil, it's not easy. Last World Cup, they also defeated Argentina, same Argentina 3 new. So I think um, they should give, it, give it more respect than um, people would give them. So I, I think Croatia will beat defeat Morocco in a tenth match, unless they decide to not take it seriously and decide to rest all their players. But I doubt because they want to go home with something. So I, don't, I see Morocco taking fourth. I don't see them getting any um, tenth place. And to be fair, fourth place is not a bad result for Morocco. If I'm being very honest. No, it's not. It's not bad at all. It's a very good result for Morocco. They've done very well. First African team to get to semi-finals. I remember. They were also the first African team to get to the knockout stages. So they have always been play setters in Africa. The first African team to get to the um, um, second round in 1986. And also the first African team to top a World Cup group. So it's not today. Morocco has been setting the pace in the World Cup. Not today. 
first African team to top the World Cup group, the first African team to go beyond the first round, and the first African team to get to semi-finals. So it's not coincidence. I think um, Moroccan football should be applauded for the efforts they've put over the years. And I hope that Nigeria is watching too. <laughs> I really hope Nigeria is watching. Uh, Faye, in your opinion, um, what do you think is the next step for this Moroccan team? Do you think you know, they can try to be competitive at the next AFCON? Yes, yes. Uh, like Mbappe wrote on his uh, Instagram page, in reference to his friend, Atra Vakimi, uh, they should put their head up. They've really done well for themselves and uh, for Africa as a whole, even though in some quarters they don't want to be recognized as Africans. But then we are proud of what they've done and uh, we are happy that uh, an African team has done so well in this World Cup. It's been long time coming. So having an African team doing this, it's something to 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 celebrate by all quarters. Now, from what we've seen of the team, they have a, a functional midfield and uh, their defense is quite good, especially when they want to play the tactics of uh, Walid. Now, what has mitigated against them and what really was their problem against France? Although I knew and I said that uh, France would defeat them easily because France will not play them as other European countries have been playing. France will, can be willing, can, would decide to cede possessions to them and eat them on the counter. Whereas Morocco has excelled when they are on the back foot. So uh, what they need and what I mitigated against them yesterday was lack of goal scorers. There were many instances where they needed to shoot. In fact, the uh, subject that came in, uh, Ahmad Allah, or was his name, had an instance where he was dribbling at the French defenders and all he needed was to shoot. And within five minutes after his chance, Mpape had another chance and Mpape shot. And although it was coughed and uh, Kolomani was able to talk in that rebound or whatever it was. So the commentator, I remember vividly because I listened to commentaries a lot and I tried to glean one or two things. The commentator was like, that's the difference between the Moroccan side and the French national side. That he had the same chance some minutes ago, but he did not shoot. But Mpape was willing to shoot. And that's the difference. You can't be, continue to be playing like Chelsea, thinking they would, you can pass the ball into the net. It's not possible. Sometimes, just shoot. It might be a deflected shot that would be the opener. It might be the goalkeeper who make an, a, a mistake or whatever. It might it might be turned onto someone's hand. Penalty. Just draw that moment can change the dynamics of the game. But when you don't shoot, when you are passing, 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 it doesn't really... You can't win a game by passing. Spain has shown that. You can't pass your way into the net. You must shoot. That is the most important aspect of football. Scoring. And if you don't shoot, you won't score. So I think if they are able to work on their scoring, getting players that can score, good goal scorers now, Morocco should be taken seriously in the next AFCON. Thanks, Faye. Um, Colony, I'm going to ask you a very difficult question because I know that you are 100% behind Argentina. But is there a small part of you that believes that France can actually win a back-to-back? 
Yes, in as much as I'm supporting Argentina, of course, I I, I genuinely feel the, the, the final is 50-50. Yeah, I feel it's 50-50. But at the end of the day, once match, match is 50-50 like that, I always tend to give it to Messi because I believe that it's the, it's the one player that is capable of tilting a 50-50 match. But um, I think there's a possibility that the French win because um, there's something I've seen about both the French and the Argentines. One similarity both of them have um, is that they are very adaptable. They are very adaptable to whatever it is the opponents have done are doing. Against Australia, so I'm going to go with the Argentina side. Against Australia, Australia sat back. Argentina had to pass their way. They have to pass their way into um, the Australian team, and they did that successfully. Against um, against the uh, Netherlands, right? They had to sit back and play a very conservative game while also creating lots of chances through the counter press. They did that excitingly. Against the Croatians, which was the, for me, that's probably one of the biggest masterclass in terms of tactics from any coach in this World Cup, right? I believe that's the best tactical tactical decision a coach has made in this World Cup. Um, Scaloni decided to set up in a 4-4-2. He set up in a 4-4-2, two banks of four and um, allowed the in new going into that match that he probably couldn't um, go head to head against the midfield trident of Modric, Brozovic and um, Kovacic. But so he gave them the ball in front of the first um, bank of four. And he knew for a fact that the Croatian team had no forward, no dynamic forward players. So Modric and um, the other two guys, they were just holding the ball for the first 20 minutes of the game, nothing. But the moment the ball got into the forward guys, they pounced on it and they did a quick um, counter attack. We saw that that was led to the first goal, um, the first penalty, and that was also what led to the second goal. So um, that's the um, Argentina angle of it. The French team, for example, I think the best part of it is that they can they have the ability to play without the ball. They don't need the ball. You can have all the ball in the world. All they need is to get the ball to Kylian. Killian or Dembele in a very good place and they know that the two of them have the ability to, to dribble any player in the world. When you have two players in your wings that are probably the best 1v1 players, you always have a chance. And also when it comes to the comes to time to mix it up and put crosses into the box, you have probably the best leader of the ball in the, in the entire World Cup in Olivier Giroud. Um, so I, I genuinely believe that both teams are very adaptable and that's why I feel like the final is going to be, I'm very sure for the two of them, if it's possible for them to leave the ball in the center circle and the two of them go to, to the front of their post and be looking at the ball, who will kick it first? It's going to, they are going to do it. But um, I genuinely think there's a, there's a strong possibility France can win. It all depends on how Argentina are able to match up with um, Kylian Mbappe. Because um, the Argentina defense, I think all of them are actually slow. And that's the reason why they don't play very high line. All of them are slow and they don't play very high line. So um, France are going to be looking for those situations where Argentina are going to push forward to get the ball to Killian. Because they know that the moment they push forward, there's no defender in the Argentine team that can actually keep up with um, Kylian Mbappe. At least Morocco had Akimi. Akimi is fast. France had Kaiwaka. Kaiwaka is fast. Argentina don't have any fast defender. And that's going to that's going to be probably one of the key areas on the football pitch. Um, I'm not really bothered about the 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 um I'm not really bothered about the side uh, the side that um the Tio and um, Mbappe side. The only reason why I'm not really bothered is 
there's an advantage to Killian being on the pitch in the sense that it means that they won't be able to double up on Lionel Messi on that wing. And Messi against Theo is a disaster waiting to happen. But what I expect um, Deschamps to do is to um, take Mbappe to the middle and use probably to ram to help out Theo uh, Hernandez because Mbappe will not defend and Messi will not defend. So Theo Hernandez and Molina, they have a very big job to do, right? Because they are going to be 1v1. But at the Argentina version of Rodrigo, the pod is going to be on uh, Killian. But anyways, not to talk too much on my jargons, I believe that Mbappe, um, France have a strong chance. It's a 50-50 chance. But for some reason, I see tilted towards um, Argentina. See, one name that Koladi kept mentioning, Mbappe, Mbappe, Mbappe. Do you think that if Mbappe wins the final, that will be two World Cups at the age of 23, do you think he can eclipse Messi and Ronaldo? He's already eclipsing them now. What's, what's the argument all about? <laughs> Mbappe will rubbish all their records. You know, one thing I love about that boy is that he's very hungry. Even despite the fact that he's achieved a lot, at the standard age, you still him, you still see him being hungry for more. There are some players that once they achieve a little success or successes, you see them playing to the gallery. Mbappe is not as talented as Eddie Hazard. I I I I, I can say this anywhere. He's not as talented as a Neymar. But what this boy, what I saw in him as a 17-year-old. I didn't see Hazard in Neymar. Mbappe has a killer instinct. He wants to kill you. Is this the same person that will score four goals and will still want to kill you? Doesn't play. And if he wins this World Cup, I'm sure the hunger will still be burning in him. He scored over 300 goals at 23 years old. When you compare what he's managed to achieve at this age to what Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi achieved at that age, you will see that he's already eclipsed them. Nine World Cup goals. Nine World Cup goals. Just a goal behind Fontaine as the highest goal scorer for France in World Cup tournaments. So what are we saying? A Miroslav Klose has, a 16, has 16 goals. Highest goal scorer. And he did that in how many editions of, of uh, FIFA? FIFA this thing? Four or five? So I believe in Pape, if he keeps his head down and continues in this fashion, he will eclipse all the records that the Messi of this world, the Ronaldo of this world, were set for 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 the football community. He's going to tarnish everything. Sorry. He's going to destroy all their records. <laughs> Sorry, Faye. I'm so happy, God. Faye, I, I get that you're very emotional right now, but. Please, 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 please. You will not disrespect. I want you, you, not, you, disrespect. I want you to come to Chelsea. You don't disrespect two of the greatest players in the world. No, 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 no. This is no disrespect. So let me, let me, let me, I, I, I just, I, let, I, let I just feel like me. the World Cup tax. I, I want to ask you a question. I want to ask this question. Objectively, compare Mbappe statistics. I don't want to hear he's playing in French League One. Compare statistics, goals and assists from Monaco till now in all competitions to what Messi or Ronaldo achieved at their age, at his age. Just compare, please. Well, well, I, I like to add to this. Um, 
you, you talked about um, Kylian Mbappe and his achievements at this age of 23. One thing about, um, I like to mention about Mbappe, Mbappe has the pace and he has the hunger, as Fee um, just said. He has the pace and the hunger, yes, you can see him. Last World Cup was, was brilliant. This World Cup also, it was also consistent. So you can see that it's getting to greatness already at this age. And obviously, going to surprise him. But one thing I always consider is I think about that if you look at Mpapi, Mpapi has the strength and the skill. Who does he remind you of? It reminds me of Ronaldo Nazario, the Arena, the original Ronaldo. And the original Ronaldo also not only had hunger and speed, he had the skill, he had the foresight to, be able to score goals, he had the intelligence. So it was like um, Mpapi squared. But many people don't really give him the credit that he deserves. I don't think many people give him. I know everybody thinks he's a great player, but people don't really mention him up there. I think in, in as much as he had a very shortened career, he should be up there. At, at a young age, he scored about 20, 21 years in 1995, when Ajax was the king in, in Netherlands. He scored 54 goals in 57 games. How many youngsters can do that? I think it was about 19 or 20 then. So I don't think he gets his credit as much as he's still able to get it. So I think um, you talk about Ronaldo Messi, Ronaldo Messi, but we don't call R9. I have seen Mbappe, right, for the past five years. And I can tell you for a fact, 100% fact. And this is not me being an eater. He's never going to be as good as Lionel Messi or Ronaldo or Cristiano Ronaldo. And I'm see, it's not even me being an eater. You winning the World Cup, unlike every other person. Me, I don't give the World Cup tax. That World Cup tax. I don't give it so much. It's not so much for me. Right? I, I wish I know because Messi has not won it. That's why no, don't, you don't you don't really won it. It's not actually because Messi has not won it. That's not the reason why. Right? That's not the reason why. Because if that's the reason why, then I won't rate players like Iniesta, players like um Modric. I won't rate, rate players like Kaka. Why would you rate Kaka? Kaka was probably not the even was not top three best player in the squad when he won the World Cup. I won't rate let us let us just calm down with Mbappe. Mbappe has not let's calm down with he has not even won a champions league yet he happens to win a world cup because let's let's not lie this french team i won't be surprised if they win two more world cups they have so many players coming up down the pipeline that it is insane to think about it and it's not like argentina when for example Argentina in 2010 they had tevez Higuain, but their midfield was shit their defense was shit this is like it's like building the complete squad. They are centre backs. They have Saliba not playing one minute in the World Cup. Let me finish. Let me finish for you now. Let me finish. I didn't cut. Let me finish. Sorry. My point is that I get the argument for Mbappe, right? I get the argument for him. He's going to score so many goals. But for me, when it comes to ability wise, I don't think he has more ability than Ronaldo and Messi. And he's going to have to do a whole lot. You keep on saying he's going to smash Messi's record. People forget Messi scored 91 goals in a calendar year. People forget Messi has had Messi has over 350 assists in world football. Messi has over 1,200 um, goal contribution. Messi has eight, seven Ballon d'Ors. If he wins the World Cup, he's going to be on eight Ballon d'Ors. Like these records we are talking about, um, Messi already had, I think, two at the age of 21, at the age of 23, right? Kylian doesn't have one yet. And let's not let's not forget there are still a lot of players coming up in this same generation. Is a is a bit lucky in the sense that he's the most matured for this transition we are going through. And when I say most matured for this transition, the transition from the Messi Ronaldo era is only Kylian that is matured enough 
to compete with them. The likes of Aland, Musiala, Pedri, all these guys, Mukuku, all these guys, they are still young. They still need like two years to do whatever it is they are doing, right? I could also, this same argument you are using, I could also backtrack and tell you that Killian was not scoring the amount of goals Aland is scoring currently when, when, when he was 20. Aland is scoring 40 goals a season. Killian was on 20 something goals a season when he was 20. So there are so many ways you could use this argument. But one thing I'm going to tell you is that this generation has not yet settled. We cannot say anything for certain yet about this generation because we are just transitioning. The only reason why you see Mbappe blazing the tree right now is because he's the most, he's the one that his age fits most into the transition period. So let us cause hold our guns and stop not be putting him in this great conversation. It's not, it's not even close to it. It's not close to that conversation. There are so many, he's skipping so many steps. Before you even talk about Messi and Ronaldo, you talk about the light of Suarez, you talk about the light of Benzema, you talk about those, um, of um, Ibrahimovic. He has not even passed those guys yet. So don't let us jump the gun and start putting him in the great conversation with the Messi, Maradona and this guy. Because he's not yet there. It's not like a Messi that had the skill, that you could see the skill so much. But what, what Mbappe has the most right now is just his pace. So calm down. I, I get what you're saying, but sorry, calm I'm down. Sorry, I might, I might add something. So let me add something. I think um, for me, I think there's a lot of um, there's a lot of um, media, there's a lot of media um, favor for players nowadays. There are a lot of players that did a lot, even in the 80s and the early 90s, but they don't get mentioned as much as uh, Messi and Ronaldo. Everybody just okay, Messi and Ronaldo are the best. They're the best ever. But are they really the best ever? That's the question. A lot of players, they've done a lot. But maybe some of them got injured, like I mentioned earlier, R9. R9 had a very good record, was a fantastic footballer. Look at a player like Marco Van Basten. Marco Van Basten was the highest goal scorer in Dutch League for four consecutive seasons. He scored about 128 goals in 153 games. Then he moved to Italy, had a very fantastic record. Won the European Cup with Holland, had three, three Ballon d'Ors. He has three Ballon d'Ors, but nobody mentions his name in a short career. So I think a lot of players don't get the credit that they, that they deserve. People that know football actually mention all these guys. They mention Van Basten, Platini, they mentioned all these guys, people that actually know football very well. That's why I said that when you put, when you call Mbappe, there are so many steps you ask. That's, what, that's one of the reasons why I'm actually going at three. Because there are so many steps that is been to get to the message. I will cut you short here. See, I think uh, we have uh, totally turned our argument upside down. The argument is not Kylian Mbappe being regarded as the best footballer of all time. That is not my bone of contention here. Messi, Ronaldo, they are rightly in their places as the best footballer of all time. But if I have to choose, although I love Ronaldo to beat, only a foolish person will say Ronaldo is a better footballer than Messi. Football, who is the best footballer I've ever seen play? Messi. And that is uh, taking every component of the game into consideration. Messi is Messi and his legacy cannot be touched. What I am talking about is their records. Number of goals scored, number of uh, individual titles, individual awards won, blah, 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 blah. Kylian Mbappe, a 23-year-old, has 250 goals in 359 appearances. Please. I, no, I want think, you to I think go. Killian has just like yeah, Killian has not scored up to 200 goals. He's confirm your record. He not competed. Yes, he has not. Please confirm. He has not scored. 250 goals in 359 matches. I think he's on, he's on 195 or so. 
Nous sommes en train de Interesting, and I get where Uyi is coming from, and I've, I've started to adopt that sentiment of there are a lot of players that I did not have the privilege to watch. Um, Pele, for example, Jazino, and a few other. I didn't watch them, but you know, I've heard good things about them. I I can't really say who is the best of all time, even though yes, all things points towards Messi, and there's a very good argument for Messi. But then again, I've not seen everybody play, and there could be players that you know the, in their time football was not this developed and you know they were probably doing doing a madness but they didn't get the media hype or the attention that they deserve but let's see where mbappe gets to we'll get to watch the the final on sunday the third place matches on saturday um thank you so much guys um <laughs> i don't know if i leave if i leave you and Koladi alone on this call you guys are going to stay here till god knows we're arguing about this but we just have to end this here um thank you guys so much for for being here with me on this one um we wanted to get the same lineup again and we've done that i'm so happy that you guys are here this has been a blast this has been a very very good one for me and a very good episode i'm sure for our listeners um to everyone that's listened to this podcast thank you very much um we keep trying our best to put out content it's sometimes life happens and it can be difficult but we'll try our best to be consistent Uh, thanks so much for listening guys thanks for being here cheers everyone and let's see who comes up with the goods who comes up with the goals and who is able to lift the trophy on sunday thanks guys